Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Do you know what I will never forget? When it comes to the government and China and China's oppression and brutality toward minorities? And I'm sure you'll remember this as well. When the Parliament of Canada voted on a motion to declare China to be genocidal toward the Uyghur community, minority community, in China, it was a unanimous vote, yes, it's genocide. However, footnote, important one, Mr. Trudeau and his entire cabinet walked out before the vote took place. Why? Let's have a special raconteur on that. I'm sorry, rapporteur. This is very, very serious, and it's deeply concerning. We're about to speak with Anna Clark. She is one of eight former residents of Hong Kong and human rights activists with a million-dollar bounty on her for her opposition to the manner of Beijing's takeover of Hong Kong and shutting down shutting down any dissent, people disappearing. Imagine waking up with a million-dollar bounty on your head every day. Benedict Rogers is a human rights activist specializing in Asian policy and geopolitics. Mr. Rogers is the co-founder and CEO of Hong Kong Watch, deputy chair of the UK Conservative Party Human Rights Commission. He's a regular contributor to the Wall Street Journal. He's testified in the UK Parliament, the European Parliament, and before the US Congress. And his book, published by Optimum, is The China Nexus, 30 Years in in and Around the Communist Party's Tyranny. Anna, thank you for joining us. How are you? Thank you. Um, Of course, I'm still trying to take in, you know, having a one million bounty on my head, but overall, I'm doing well. And that's really, I think, the worst answer that CCP would like to hear. Yeah. Ben, thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, Okay, so your book is The China Nexus. Uh, How bad is it? How how badly is China dealing with human rights issues? How how out of step with the rest of the world or with with human, uh, human accepted behavior are they? Well, firstly, it's a great pleasure to be with you. Uh, And the answer is that in the last um, decade or so under Xi Jinping's regime, China's human rights uh, crisis, which was already bad. I mean, it's been bad for decades under the Communist Party, but it it, it really sank to new lows with, as you mentioned, the genocide of the Uyghurs, uh, an intensification of the atrocities in Tibet, uh, forced organ harvesting, uh, the worst persecution of Christians since the Cultural Revolution, uh, crackdown on dissent and, and lawyers and civil society. And on top of that, as Anna uh, knows better than any of us, uh, the dismantling of Hong Kong's uh, freedoms and the turning of what was once one of Asia's most open cities into one of its most repressive police states in, in complete violation of a an international treaty, the Sino-British Joint Declaration over Hong Kong. Yeah, 1997. Uh, Anna, you grew up as a child in Hong Kong while it was still essentially separate from China, and then you saw the developments which took away the freedoms and took away people who challenged Hong Kong. 
uh, the uh, the Beijing uh, office. I've been I've been calling Hong Kong police now and their government the the branch office of uh, Beijing. Yeah. What was yeah. it like? What what was it like as this was developing, as Beijing was starting to move in and violate the human rights of everyone in in Hong Kong? Well, I think a lot of people would remember Hong Kong as this hustling and bustling international finance city, right? And that was the Hong Kong I grew up in. That was the Hong Kong that had a certain level of freedoms and, you know, expression. Um, even though, you know, we were actually promised a universal referendum, but it was never actually implemented and respected. And that's why Hong Kongers have been fighting for that basic human rights um, and also the freedoms that we should serve. But I think as, you know, Beijing continues and uh, to crack down on Hong Kong's basic human rights, it's really a sign to the international world and to international system that Beijing is not a credible international player. And they're actually willing to just walk out of any, any deal they have signed on to. And you can see now with Hong Kong's um, economy and Hong Kong's offices around the world, uh, for instance, the Hong Kong Economic and Trade Offices, um, Hong, the Hong Kong government is really using these uh, these systems and these opportunities to serve as Beijing's proxies. They're essentially Beijing's puppets to really advance Xi Jinping's uh, profits and benefits. And that is something the world should see. And I think Hong Kong is you know, the perfect textbook example of it, of the uh, authoritarian expansion the Beijing government has been waging around the world is really not only about those who are living in China and Hong Kong, you know, in places that have more direct governance from Xi Jinping anymore. It's about the entire world. It's about the international system and international society. Really. And that's why they are not afraid to do the transnational repression. They're not afraid to, you know, put a bounty on the eight of us who are essentially living overseas and not really in Hong Kong anymore. What were you doing? that upset Beijing so much? Um, that's actually a very good question. Basically, I have been working here at the Hong Kong Democracy Council, where I oversee a lot of policy advocacy on the Capitol Hill. So actually, right before the bounty, um, we started this campaign called the Bar John Lee campaign. What it does is to ask the U.S. government to not let John Lee, Hong Kong's uh, executive director, uh, Hong Kong's chief executive, who may come to the U.S. for the APEC meeting this November. But mind you, he was actually sanctioned by the U.S. government in 2020. But he has been trying to push that line and trying to make sure that he can enter to the U.S. So what I have been doing is basically to counter the Hong Kong government's attempt um, to reach their international audience and to regain some sort of diplomatic engagement with other foreign governments. And that is considered um, very dangerous by the Hong Kong government. And honestly, I'm just speaking up, you know, as any human being would. So I think ultimately the bounty is not only about me. They're upset about all the Hong Kongers who are still speaking their truth. They're upset about every freedom fighters who are just talking about the real story of Hong Kong, a story of human rights abuses. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I'm still dealing, trying to deal with bounties on people in 2023 by a national government. Ben, um, U.S. Congressman Chris Smith, reviewing your book, uh, wrote the China nexus 
is a robust wake-up call to action. It covers the author's own personal experiences in and around China and Hong Kong for over 30 years and tells the stories of dozens of Uyghurs, Tibetans, Hong Kongers, and Chinese activists whom he has interviewed. Share something uh, with us about the people you've talked to and what they're experiencing, what they're going through now. You're not allowed back into Hong Kong, but what what can you tell us uh, that just really will illustrate what this is all about? Well, that's right. I mean, I first went to China um, when I was 18 years old in 1992, which was only three years after the Tiananmen Square massacre, which, of course, was uh, an absolutely appalling tragedy that we uh, continue to mark uh, quite rightly on on, Jan- on June the 4th uh, every year. Um, but at that time, there was a sense in 1992 of, despite the Tiananmen tragedy, uh, China beginning to open up um, in a limited way. Of course, the Communist Party was still repressive, but there was, uh, from then until the, the early 2000s, some degree of space for civil society, for lawyers, for dissidents, for, for religious practitioners, and, and I witnessed that for myself. Um, and I was, and until uh, a decade or so ago, I was reasonably optimistic that despite the repression, China was beginning to move in a better direction. And then along came Xi Jinping, and he really reversed uh, all of that and, and cracked down uh, on everything. Um, and the people that I've interviewed, whose stories I tell in the book, are uh, from uh, not only the Uyghurs, Tibetans, and Hong Kongers communities, but also Chinese dissidents, uh, Chinese uh, lawyers and uh, activists, um, uh, tells a story of um, real repression. Um, And and what's happened in the last decade is the Chinese Communist Party has has intensified its repression at home in China, um, but also intensified its aggression abroad. And we see that in the threats to Taiwan, but we also see it in its insidious uh, threats to our freedoms, whether it's in Canada or the United Kingdom, where I'm based, or or other Western democracies. Um, Just a week or so ago, the British Parliament's uh, Intelligence Committee published a report uh, that that really revealed the extent of uh, China's threats to, uh, to, to our freedoms and its infiltration of our economic sectors, and on a very, very small scale, and this is nothing by comparison with what Anna and uh, the other uh, activists who've had arrest warrants and bounties uh, face, but in a very small way, even I myself as a British citizen have in a suburb of London uh, received numerous anonymous uh, threatening letters uh, at my home. My neighbors have received such letters. Even my mother who lives in the the English countryside has received letters telling her to tell her son to shut up. And uh, thankfully, my mother is very supportive of what I do. And she takes the view that she gave up many years ago telling me to shut up. But these are the kind of things that the Chinese Communist Party is doing. And in my view, it is first, firstly a real threat to our freedoms. But it's also an illustration of just how actually fragile this regime is, that it it goes to the extent of putting a bounty on the heads of people like Anna. Yeah. It goes to the extent of sending anonymous letters to me and my mother. Um, and to me, that it does not speak of a confident regime. No, it speaks no. of a regime that is very sensitive to well, any form of criticism. Anna, what's your status in the United States right now? Um, I'm currently seeking for asylum, and I've been waiting for my application to go through for 
around a year, but I still haven't really heard anything. So could, could anybody just collect this bounty on you? If I mean, are you in danger of being physically assaulted and removed from the United States? Could that happen? Do you think China, do you think that Beijing would, would, would attempt such a thing? Um, I think speaking from, you know, history, of course, we have seen how dictatorship regimes would try to, you know, just snap people out from the streets and bring them back, you know, all the way to um, their own countries and decide to put in, put them in jail. And, of course, that is a possibility, um, realistically speaking. But at the same time, you know, what I'm the most worried about, actually, is not so much um, the state agents from Beijing, but more um, supporters and patriots who are extremely supportive and obedient to Xi Jinping. I think they are the ones who would have a sort of mob mentality in them and would actually, you know, assault uh, some of us. And that actually has happened to many anonymous protesters over the past years. They have been assaulted on uh, on the soil of the United States, United Kingdom, Canada, you know, everywhere around the world that happens. So I really want to alert foreign government to provide protection to Hong Kongers, especially those who are kind of anonymous and who don't really have, you know, the platform or resources that I am so fortunate to receive. Um, but of course, I'm still worried because it's a very, you know, present uh, danger. But I'm glad that I've made uh, contact uh, with uh, relevant officials here in the U.S. So if there's a need, uh, I can still get some sort of protection. Um, from the authorities. What a way to live. Um, the Hong Kong Democracy Council is uh, Anakwok's organization. Um, ben Rogers, we have the situation with the two Michaels who were held in China for more than two years in, I'm sure, terrible circumstance. And we were completely, uh, we couldn't do anything. And we, we were sort of passive I don't know how many options we had, but we appeared passive. What, what, do, you, what do you make of uh, Hong Kong's or China's um, attempts to infiltrate another country's national affairs, as in this country, and, and, our, and our elections and, and just our internal matters? Is it just routine for them? Well, it is their, it is becoming their modus operandi, and and it is really the characteristics of, as you put it earlier, a, a Mexican drug cartel, or as I would say, a, a mafioso gang, not a, a government of a major world power. Um, and this putting bounties on people's head is a, is a new escalation. And as Anna says, I, I share her concern that. It's not so much that our governments are likely to extradite uh, the eight individuals. I'm, I'm pretty sure they won't, and I certainly hope they won't. But I think it does raise the stakes in terms of um, the, the, the likelihood of pro-Beijing activists um, becoming increasingly violent towards not only the eight, but, but other Hong Kong activists, uh, unless our governments really step up and, um, uh, and, and, and respond to, to this threat very seriously. Yeah. Well, I... Uh... I'm, I'm, I'm worried about you, Anna. Now, I don't know what, what it would supposed to be like, and we only have a few seconds left, but what's it like to get up in the morning knowing that you have this bounty on you? Yeah, um, honestly, I was shocked for a moment because I thought, you know, I've been doing so innocent things. You know, basically, I've just been speaking yeah. words that are not even harmless. 
um, and I get a bounty in return. But of course, um, you know, after some moments, I quickly realized that is the kind of exactly the kind of regime the Hong Kong government and the Chinese government are, and that is exactly the evil that we have been fighting. Okay. And that's why we put out a new report, you know, very quickly after the, the bounty. Okay. So the kind of foreign influence they have been conducting overseas. I, uh, I have to jump. I have to jump. I have to jump in here, but I hope you will both come back. I'd like to continue this conversation. Anna Kwok, uh, okay. Benedict uh, Rogers. I hope you both come back. Thank you for the time today. Thank, Thank you. you so much. If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.